Hey guys, Mike here for Hokey Hangover on behalf of the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Former Downtown Blacksburg Business of the Year in 2019, Jeremy Counts and his staff at Main Street Pharmacy have you covered for all of your pharmaceutical needs. Medication, school supplies, you name it. Jeremy and his staff, family-owned business, they got you covered over at Main Street Pharmacy in Downtown Blacksburg. They've been a sponsor of our podcast since the beginning, going on five years now, and there's a reason why. They're extremely extremely reliable. They're good people. They're friends of ours, friends of the podcast. Head on over to Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street, downtown Blacksburg. Open Monday to Friday, 9 to 6, Saturday from 9 to noon. They're closed on Sundays. You can be reached at 540-605-7721. That's Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street in downtown Blacksburg. Hokie Hangover is proud to be sponsored by Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand in the United States. Based in Indianapolis, Homefield is committed to creating comfortable and officially licensed apparel featuring vintage college designs. Homefield puts in extra reps for each of the more than 150 colleges they highlight, discovering unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create the best look at your tailgate. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order. Homefield makes online shopping so easy, even I can't screw it up. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order and acquire blue chip apparel from Homefield, an official sponsor of Hokie Hangover. Hey guys, Mike here on behalf of our podcast partner, Vivid Seats. That's right. Hokie Hangover Podcast is partnering with Vivid Seats this football season to provide you with all of your ticketing needs. Hanging to a game at Lane Stadium this fall, need tickets? Check out Vivid Seats. Going to another college football venue this fall? Use Vivid Seats. Checking out a concert venue even? Vivid Seats has you covered there as well. And they got a promo code just for you. That's right. Go to vividseats.com. Use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. We can't thank Vivid Seats enough for their partnership this football season. Make sure to check them out. Hokie hangover, Louisville 34, Virginia Tech 3. Hokies are 4 and 5. As we anticipated uh, coming into this game, it really came down to whether or not Virginia Tech was going to uh, make this semi-competitive and give themselves an opportunity in the second half to make some hay. Virginia Tech, even when they were down 14-3 to in the first half, never really seemed like they were in this football game. Guys, Virginia Tech now needs to win two out of the final three games, which we kind of anticipated coming in. Uh, Hokies were a, they opened as nearly a two touchdown underdog. They finished as a around a nine and a half to 10 point underdog, depending on where you looked. Hokies were totally non-competitive, lost this game by 31. One thing I want to mention off the top, I am under the weather. So if I sound a little off on this podcast, that's what's going on. Bear with me. Guys, how you doing? It's Sunday night. We've had about 24 hours to 
kind of step away from this the spectacular L that the Hokies took. How are we feeling Dude, in general? Good. Who feels worse, Brent Pry or Mike McDaniel? I think that's a fair question. I I will say that as bad as I felt this weekend, I was not the one that didn't have the Hokies ready to play. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Off the top, shout out to my friend Erica. New York City Marathon, you did it. Congratulations. Uh, In terms of game analysis, all you need is love. Yes, all you need is love. That being John Love, the shutout streak is live. That outstreaked the goal. We did it. Other than that, not many positive takeaways. Uh, yeah, not good, Rick. So, we gave a lot of credit to this coaching staff in particular for turning this thing around over the last uh, five weeks or so. Tech had been far more competitive than they had for the remainder of the season. They were taking care of business against really bad ACC teams. And we were starting to see that progress that we had all been hoping for, right? I don't know if they got full of themselves. I don't know if they mailed it in. I don't know if um, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But it was almost like the last four five games hadn't happened. Virginia Tech looked exactly the same in this game as they did against Rutgers. Uh, This was easily the worst performance of the season by far. By far. There's no question. This is the worst that Virginia Tech has looked all year. And that's frustrating on both sides of the football. Louisville's defense is good, right? Let's Let's give them credit. Louisville's defense is not the 85 Bears, okay? It's not Georgia, right? Like, Kyron Drones uh, was under duress basically from right from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, Was sacked four times in this game, pressured a lot more, uh, completed 12 of 21 for only 69 passing yards, which is horrendous. The receivers did not do him any favors. Drones was inaccurate. Drones was really a non-factor in the running game as well. The running game itself uh, just didn't do much. And I think that the biggest issue we're finding with this offense is when they don't have the threat of the running quarterback, this offense goes in the tank. And well, it seemed that's exactly what it looked like. They it, knew he was gonna run. it seemed almost as if they knew he was going to run. And Quite frankly, my message to the fan base is if you walk away from this game not feeling worse, right? not feeling worse about their chances to make a bowl game in the long run, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say because... That is the lowest offensive output that Virginia Tech has put up in decades. And I, I joke. All, go ahead, Andrew. I mean, I, I, I joke. All you need is love, but as you mentioned before, Ricky, from the get-go, Drones was being harassed in the backfield. He took 
Was that three sacks in the first quarter, or was there more? Uh, I think it was three. Yeah, I think three. Well, level with me here, gentlemen. The way I felt was by the end of the fourth quarter, by the end of the first quarter, you knew the game was over. Did you agree? You felt out-talented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they certainly looked like they were the far lesser team on the field. I I remember talking to my girlfriend before this game, and she asked me, is Tech going to win today? And I said, well, probably not. But if Tech goes out there and loses by 8 to 10 points, I'm really not going to be all that upset. Like, I'm not going to be happy, obviously. But an 8 to 10 point loss, you feel like, okay, Virginia Tech kind of hung tough. They were just not, not quite as good as Louisville, which is a dark horse playoff team. And um, I don't think they're going to win the ACC, but they certainly have a chance. Losing by 31? I mean, damn. Like, this, this, this brings up all of the all of the frustrations from the first four or five games of the season all showed up in this game. And I, I don't remember who it was, uh, but somebody on Twitter, uh, and if you guys remember who it is, feel free to shout them out. Someone on Twitter made a really good point. Uh, all of Virginia Tech's losses have looked the exact same. And all Drift. of their... Drift. And all of their wins have looked the exact same. Shout out Drift. Yeah. So Shout out Drift. Virginia Tech was awful on run defense. And it, and also, like, can we bring this up too? Jawar Jordan was not the problem. No. We, we he, made he was banged up, man. Huge, we made a huge deal about Jawar Jordan and how he was going to be the biggest problem for Virginia Tech on that end. And you know, to Virginia Tech's credit, Jawar Jordan had four average four yards carry and only ran for 57 yards. But the backup looked like Jawar Jordan. Three touchdowns, 146 yards on the ground, 13 yards a carry. I mean, this was an evisceration from Louisville's front. And the linebackers completely regressed. The defensive line regressed. Uh Pro Football Focus thinks that just about everybody had an awful game. I mean, it was a top-to-bottom ass-kicking. And given all the progress we have saw over the, the previous, you know, five weeks, they go 3-1 and one in that stretch. They, they, kick the, they kick the shit out of three teams, right? You're thinking, okay, Virginia Tech's starting to turn that corner. They're not quite... You know, uh, they're probably not a, a over 500 team just yet, but they're kind of they're going to hang around that number. To walk into Louisville and look like you're the basement of the ACC was really, honestly, embarrassing. And Andrew hit the nail on the head. If you don't think lesser of Virginia Tech's chances to make a bowl game than you did prior to this game, I'm not sure what you saw on Saturday. The reason so. I responded to Andrew's tweet. I said, not really. So my my reasoning is this, and I I agree with everything. I <laughs> I'm agree excited with, for this. Go ahead. I agree with everything you guys said about how tech looked, how bad it was. It's it's a regression to September, all that stuff. But this is a very, very inconsistent team in that what we saw in September 
didn't translate at all to October, right? At all. Like, they looked like a team. We were talking on this podcast. This Is this team going to win two games? Is this team going to win three games? And then they go up against lesser competition in the month of October and not only beat that beat those teams, they kicked the piss out of them. They're be they, what was it 100 106 to 44 I think is what the spread was. I have to go back and, and verify those numbers. I said on the uh said on the preview for for the Louisville uh Louisville game. Um but there are a couple of of teams here uh on the schedule that have exposed Virginia Tech's two key flaws, right? Virginia Tech has an issue in the linebacking core and they have an issue on the offensive line. And we gave credit to the coaching staff for the work they did in October against lesser competition and kind of shoring up the play of those two units. But all three of us know that we have a Mike linebacker that's playing out of position. Our outside linebackers are mediocre, right? Fry needs to hit the portal. He tried to hit the portal with Stone Snyder. Didn't work out. Needs to hit the portal linebacker. Needs to certainly hit the portal on the offensive line. Louisville's the best defensive line uh, Virginia Tech's played this year outside of Florida State. And it looked like that. On, it looked like that was the case on Saturday. And then the linebacking core has been exposed all year against running back groups with very good to elite speed which is what Louisville has in both Garendo and Jawar Jordan. Garendo has been a good back for Louisville all year in spelling Jawar Jordan. This isn't the first time. He, I mean, this is the first time he's had 146 yards, I think, but he's, he's had explosive runs this year. He's been a good player. The reason why I don't feel as concerned about the next three games is because I don't believe that Boston college, NC state or Virginia have the personnel to expose Virginia Tech's flaws in the way that Louisville and Florida State do. That's why I don't feel as concerned about Virginia Tech, whether or not they make a bowl game. I said before the Louisville game, I said I thought the most likely record down the stretch for Virginia Tech was two and two, right? Thought Virginia Tech would lose to Louisville. They did. I I said on the preview that they would lose by two touchdowns. They lost by four, right? Lost by four touchdowns, uh, four plus. That was a surprise. But how Virginia Tech lost this game in terms of how they got beat and the team speed of Louisville exposing Virginia Tech's defensive line and linebackers, the way that Virginia Tech lost this game did not surprise me. Now, the one other thing I will say is offensively, right? Because there's this whole, the fan base is debating it. They were debating it yesterday. They're debating it today on social media. The answer is this lies somewhere in the middle. Everybody's always talking about, okay, is it, talent, is it a talent issue? Is it a coaching issue, right? Um, I, It's always a coaching issue when you lose by 31, right? It's also, we, we're not going to absolve the players either, right? Like the players need to play better. but. The one thing I will say is that when I look at where Virginia Tech has been deficient, right, in, in linebacking core and the offensive line, that is a talent issue, right? It doesn't get exposed against a Syracuse or a Pittsburgh 
or a Wake Forest or an Old Dominion. It gets exposed against the speed of Louisville, right? In their running back room and in their skill position talent on the outside. It gets exposed against a Florida State. It gets exposed against a, a good running back, Kyle Monagai at Rutgers. The Marshall game is the one that sticks out to me, and I'm like, man, Tech was really flat and didn't really show up. And I thought the Virginia Tech game against Marshall was the worst his teams looked all year until Saturday against Louisville. This is by far the worst game the Hokies have played all year. Nothing good to take away from it. But my overall takeaways from the team as a whole have not really changed. I know it's a I know it's a below average linebacking core. I know it's a below average uh, offensive line. I just don't know that these last three opponents, in particular, in regard to exposing the linebacker group, I don't think it's going to be a skill issue or a a talent issue in the last three games, the way that it was on Saturday against Louisville. So I take it from a little bit different angle, but as far as like overall thoughts about the team losing by 31 points. Yeah. I would like to be feeling a little bit better going into the final three games. Definitely. Without a doubt. So Mike, I wasn't on the last podcast, so I have a couple of questions to ask you and I don't mean to be condescending anyway. What score would you have predicted going into the game? I said 30, I said 31 to 14, I think, or 31 to 17. Rick, Rick can correct me. I, that sounds right. I want to say it was 31, 17. Yeah. So I thought they would lose by, I thought Louisville would cover. I thought tech would lose by a couple touchdowns. All right. So we were on the same page in that regard. Did you figure that North Carolina state would beat Miami? I missed that too. I I bet on NC State, so yeah, I felt good about NC State beating Miami. Okay, and that and that that did happen. So, obviously, I, I'm assuming that under no circumstances, you would have anticipated Tech coming as close as possible to the shutout streak getting blown. As they have three point out, but for me, it's just hard. It's hard to feel. I don't know. I asked the question on Twitter, right? I asked the question on Twitter. How could you feel the same as you did going into the game after the game? And a lot of people came at me and said, oh, no, I feel the exact same. And, Mike, you're one of them. The lowest scoring output for Virginia Tech in decades. I played golf on Saturday morning. And by about hole nine, I started tricking myself into thinking that Virginia Tech might have a chance to hang in there with Louisville. In my head, I thought win, but in my heart, I thought, all right, you know, cover, keep it within a touchdown. And by midway through the first quarter, I knew it was over. 
if you watched any amount of that game, and I know that everyone listening to this podcast watched the game, and if you watched the first quarter of that football game, you probably had the same feeling as me. We were out talented. They had better players than we did. It was over. So Cinderella comes home from the ball, whatever. The ACC championship in the city that I live in, that being Charlotte, North Carolina, is not going to include Virginia Tech. And for better or worse, whatever, right? Virginia Tech has shown themselves to improve. They can beat Wake Forest. They can beat Pitt. But on a national stage with the number 13 team in the country, they laid as much of an egg as they can. And and Rick the Blue might disagree with me here, but I, uh, maybe that's okay. I don't know. Okay, how? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to sure. trick myself here, Chief. I, I, I'm not sure any of this is okay. So here's... Here's my point on the bowl stuff, and we'll get into obviously Boston College later in the week. But all I can tell you is that for for those who say that you feel the same way as you did going into the game, I'm really questioning that. I'm really surprised because. I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell you this, but three points is a lot. <laughs> it's the minimum you can score without getting shut out or having a safety. Yeah, imagine so, imagine getting a safety to keep the shutout uh, streak going. Thirty-four to two. Been, that would actually yeah, kind of <laughs> that would have been have been pretty funny. So here's here's my look on this. Right, for Virginia Tech to make a bowl game, they're gonna have to do something they have not done all season, and that's win a game on the road. Now, we can argue about whether or not their opponents on the road are any good because I think we have a bit of a disagreement within the pod about Boston College, but I think we both agree that UVA is pretty bad. But the bottom line is Virginia Tech is going to have to do something they haven't done all season. Uh, And it's something that they've done rarely in the Brent Priera, which is win on the road. The other point is not only have they not won on the road this year, three of the road losses have been by double digits. And the one that wasn't by double digits was the game that we all thought they played the worst in prior to this one, and that was the Marshall game. So this team has wet their pants on the road essentially every game this year. And in order for them to now make a bowl game, they're going to have to at least win one on the road. And that is if they are able to win at home against the semi-resurgent and very tough defensive-minded Wolfpack. Good thing their offense sucks. Yes. Good thing their offense sucks. Uh, Yeah, I. so the home versus road splits, like... It's I'm kind of a, amazing, isn't it? How crazy the, the home road splits are? So Virginia Tech has only won one game on the road in the Brent Pry era. That was against Liberty last year. That's the only road game they've won under Brent Pry. Uh. 11 point cover it was it, it was 
one of the the best games they've played relative to the spread since he's gotten to Blacksburg. Uh, Virginia Tech was bad at home and on the road last year, right? Obviously, they went three and eight. There's there's a level of concern, like some people are real concerned about Virginia Tech's road woes. What I would say is that I would be, I'm going to be more concerned if Virginia Tech doesn't at least split the road games down the stretch here. Like if they lose both road games, and I think there's a little bit of a cause for concern. Virginia Tech being whatever it is, one and eight or one and nine on the road since Brent Pride got here is not great. But when I look at just this year specifically, first two games, right? The, the first one is first start for your quarterback, right? And drones. Second one's a Marshall game. They didn't play particularly well, but you're still trying to figure out the offense, right? And then the last two have been against top, you know, 12 or 13 teams in the country. So, I will be more concerned about Virginia Tech's road issues if they don't split the last two on the road at least, right? And then if they're poor on the road in year three, I think that's when it's like a real cause for concern in terms of like, can Brent Pry get his teams ready to play? Because we're still kind of in this rebuild. I think Saturday was a pretty good reminder that Virginia Tech's not there yet from the level that they need to be in terms of like Mike, competing what, with these top what, 15 teams. What year? Is Louisville's coach it? I hate this argument. <laughs> Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom has been a head coach. How many years? Okay, let's let's ask this, Andrew. How many years has Jeff Brom been a head coach? Quite a few. Quite a few. How many years has Brent Pry been a head coach? Oh man, well, that would be two now. Who do you think is the best? The best player on either roster in the game and maybe not in the game yesterday. I, I, the I best would player. give Louisville's players yes. a, a few of the top few spots. Yes, I yeah, agree. And, and it really I, important I, a really important I, I, You know too, I'm not trying know? to screw with you that hard. I know. But well it could be have hired Jeff Braun Virginia Tech. <laughs> That's a question. I think that Virginia Tech, <laughs> honestly, I think Virginia Tech tried to hire their version of Jeff Brom and Brent Pry. You know, he wasn't a quarterback. And hopefully Tech, it works but, out, huh? And hopefully it works out, right. And hopefully it works <laughs> out. I think Virginia Tech tried to pull something similar to what Louisville pulled. But, Although um, the, the, the counterpoint to that would be Louisville hired someone with years of coaching experience and Virginia right. Tech didn't. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, do you know who would say that's a good idea? With Babcock. Who specifically searches for previous head coaching experience? But he and hires, and then hired a defensive coordinator. But I digress. And I'm um, not saying that Brett Pride's a bad coach. I'm just no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is this was that that was well, I mean, less I mean, at you. That was let's less call at it you. what it is. Andrew's resume is, has, isn't very good right now. Right. That, that it's it's more it's more about. I see this argument in the fan base all the time. It just makes me crazy. So, sorry. What Continue about the right Mike Elko argument? Does that make you crazy? The Mike Elko argument also makes me a little bit crazy because of what he inherited too. And I will yes, say Duke's I, roster. What do you Duke mean what football. he inherited? I mean, gosh. He, he and weren't his they offense, bad under Cutcliffe when Cutcliffe left? They, they were bad under Cutcliffe, but they inherit they he inherited a veteran offensive line and he got quarterback right, right? So that's something I have criticized Brent Pry for is not getting quarterback right year one. Hell, even and, with a even with a bum quarterback, Elko's fighting to win games, man. Just saying. I, they didn't fight that hard against Louisville. 
for what's worth. <laughs> Correct. Well, to be fair, in the scoring points against Louisville contest, it's three nothing Virginia Tech. Yeah. If only that counted for a bowl. If only that counted for a win towards bowl eligibility. You know. All I'm saying is Duke six and three. Duke is six and three. Elko's doing a good job there. Yes. But no, in, no in all seriousness, well, well, Duke has a very strategic approach to non-conference scheduling. Mm-hmm. Not that Virginia Tech's was particularly <laughs> strong say, this year. They, like, they would I mean, do yeah, Tech, Tech played some, some FBS teams, but let's not act like they played. <laughs> They played a bunch of a bunch of studs. This was didn't. this was the uh, we we talked about this when Virginia Tech was one and three, and we were all like very very mad, and we were just having the same podcast every week because this team just continued to suck. We had love the that. conversation. Love love that we're having one of those again because lost by <laughs> thirty one points on Saturday. The uh the conversation we were having was like if you were a rebuilding like if you were a a new coach in a new situation with a rebuilding team like this Virginia Tech non-conference schedule is like the one you would draw up like first year Ryan Walters at Purdue uh by the way Virginia Tech remains one of Purdue's two wins great uh Marshall Rut- Rutgers is I mean Rutgers gave Ohio State a little bit of a run on Saturday we'll say that and then yeah, Rutgers is good Old Dominion which is like Christ so that's yeah. how you draw it up. That's how you drop a non-con for a rebuilding program. And then Tech went one and three against it. Yep. Who did yeah. Purdue beat? Purdue beat Tech and Purdue has beaten. Don't know off the top of my head. Michael looked that up. While well, Mike's looking that I'll up. I'll look that up. I'll look um, up. Yeah. And I guess the only, I guess, and this is what Mike's opinion is, and Mike, you can tell me if I'm misstating you here, but I think we'll Mike's point is uh, as bad as Virginia Tech looked on Saturday, the schedule Illinois. ahead of them. Sorry, Illinois, Andrew. Got it. Yep, continue. The schedule ahead Where of Virginia want? Tech isn't daunting, um, and Mike has a bit lesser of an opinion of BC than I do. I know that. Um, I think we all agree that Virginia is pretty bad. NC State, I mean, they are beatable, right? That they they have an issue scoring points. Uh, but that defense is playing really, really good football right now. And I would envision in a couple weeks when they come to Blacksburg, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a rock fight. But they might be ranked too. They they got Wake Forest and they're favored. Uh, yeah, this coming weekend. Yeah, and Mike, for what it's worth, uh, let me. Let me check. Uh, yeah, BC is still favored against Virginia Tech this coming Saturday. Yeah, I saw it opened at four. I saw it down to like two. It's two and a half on two and a half. Uh, ESPN. Two and a half. Wait, so you're saying Boston College are the favorites? Boston BC College is favored. Favored at home. This settles a like month long discussion that Ricky and I had about whether or not Virginia Tech or Boston College would be favored because we were like handicapping the rest of the season, and we were uh, having a discussion on like how many of like the final four or five opponents. I, I guess it was the final three, three opponents, right? It was BC and then uh, NC State and then UVA. Sorry, I have brain fog because I'm not feeling particularly <laughs> well. So sorry, I did this to. I did this to Joey on our ACC pod last night too. I had a stroke basically. So <laughs> shout out, shout out to all the stroke victims out there. But uh, the, uh, 
yeah, we were having discussion on like how many of these teams would Virginia Tech be favored against? And I think I said three out of the last four thinking that Virginia Tech would be favored against BC. These guys are crying laughing at my previous comments. So maybe everybody else is too listening. But uh, oh my God, <laughs> this is like par for the, I, I don't know. This is like par for the course when I do this pod with Joey, you know, for the ACC pod, as you guys know, <laughs> as our loyal listeners. <laughs> you know okay, okay, okay. You guys okay. have like a stroke. Uh, of the uh, first of all, Mike, we do. Mike, I, I, I love you so much. You are, you know, you and I go way, way back. Where's the butt? Where's the butt? <laughs> but <laughs> going back to my previous question, right? Do you feel better about Virginia Tech winning the next three games or two of the next three games, excuse me, and qualifying for a bowl game? And I mean, I'm just telling me that I'm crazy. I would feel for questioning anything. Would I go into Boston College's underdogs? Would I feel so better? The underdog. Would I feel we better? We are not favored. We are I, in, we're not favorite. Would I feel better? Would I feel better if Virginia Tech lost this game by 10 instead of 31? Yes. Sure. Yes. Of course that I would. Be exact of course point. I would. I'm of course I would. <laughs> of course I would. Do I think there's if we didn't lose by 31? Would I feel better? Do I think about our chances going forward? Absolutely. Do I think there's? I can't tell what's more red, red, Andrew's face Andrew's or his hat. Andrew, the thing you have to remember is there is no, there is zero correlation between what Virginia Tech just did in this game and what they'll do in the next three. Zero correlation. If that was the case, Why? Virginia Tech, because Virginia Tech, if that was the case, Virginia Techs are at one and three. They would have gotten the blow, the doors blown off of them against Pittsburgh. They would have probably lost to Wake Forest. They would have lost to Syracuse. Like they would have only ended up winning one or two games like we were thinking coming out of September. There is no correlation. Tech played their worst no game. No correlation is a really strong term. Tech played their worst game of the season before before Saturday. They played their worst game of the season against Marshall. And what did they do the next week against Pittsburgh? Then they won. They beat the brakes. Not only did they win, they beat the brakes off them. Yes, Mike, yeah, well, that's true. But all right, first of all, one well, of the worst the teams on the game. schedule is Purdue, and they lost to Purdue. I know that I they lost to Rutgers, they lost to Marshall. So they're they're facing a team that is certainly better than Purdue, in my opinion. Uh, yes, but I would Boston say that College is probably better than Purdue. I would yes. say that they're on par with Rutgers, maybe a little no bit way. worse. No, no way on par with Rutgers. Did you see what Rutgers just did to, to uh, Ohio right, State on Saturday? Right, no right, way. All right, Mike, no how way. about yeah, Rutgers, not all okay. six? Okay, no way. Mike, Mike, yeah. how how about Marshall? I mean, Marshall's not gonna make a bowl game. Okay, so are we right. going to say BC is somewhat close to Marshall? Yes, maybe a I would little say bit so. better. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, they lost that game on the road. Yes. So I, I think what Andrew's what trying to say is, is we have evidence of them struggling against teams like this. Sure. Five weeks ago. Six weeks ago. Yes, but all that, all that regression that we saw on Saturday were the same kinds of issues that you make. No matter what your opponents were, you're not filling gaps. You're not tackling. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The whole question is, do you feel the same on Friday as you do on Sunday? And we saw all the old problems revive themselves. You know, Halloween was on whatever it was, Tuesday. <laughs> but it, it's, it was spooky season. Where I split. Because it all came from out, out of the grave. Where I split, where I split from you guys is I don't think, I don't think Boston College in particular, and maybe, maybe I'm proven wrong by this. I don't think Boston College has the personnel to separate in the way that Louisville did, in the way that Florida State did, in the way that uh, even Marshall did in the running back room. I don't think they have the personnel. They barely beat Holy Cross. They barely beat UConn. They barely beat UVA. They lost in Northern Illinois. Who is they not barely very lost good. to Florida State. Sure. If that game was played, and, and we've had this discussion, you know what you're doing. Outside of what? It's not help. If they played this, if they played that game 10 times, Florida State with the turnovers and the, the ridiculous, the muffed punt, the, the fumble that got returned for a touchdown, all that craziness that happened. The only reason BC was in that game was called because all that stuff happened. Okay, but but hold on. So let's let's I, I we are kind of previewing BC here. So I don't want yeah, I don't want to get too far deep into yeah, the yeah, weeds yeah, on yeah, BC. Yeah. But I will say this: the Eagles have won five in a row. Those wins do include a win over a resurgent Georgia Tech team. And a win over the team that just spanked the airplanes. Okay. So he's so bad. They're so I bad. Know, I know. I, 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 I'm aware. I'm yeah. Aware Army's not very good this year. But all, all I'm trying to say is BC's favored in this game. Yeah. I don't think BC is favored if Virginia Tech goes out there and loses by eight to 10 points, which is what I thought would happen. I thought Virginia Tech would lose 28 20. Yeah. And. Instead, they got spanked from the opening kick. So I believe that the answer, at least my answer to Andrew's question is yes, I do not feel as good about Virginia Tech's chances to make a bowl game. I still believe there is a sizable chance that it happens, right? It's for me, it's probably like 55-45 because I know that Virginia Tech can beat a team like Boston College because they've beaten teams like Boston College already. However, they have not won on the road yet, and they're coming off their worst performance of the season. I think that's this, reasonable. This that's reasonable. staff has got to wake everyone up, get their heads out of their rears, and all those problems that they fixed a few weeks ago after the Marshall game, going into Pittsburgh and spanking the Panthers, those are the same adjustments they've got to make. Agree. I The one other thing I want to mention here that I think we all agree with, and I, a loss to Boston College on the road, would say a lot more about where Virginia Tech's at in this rebuild than a loss to Louisville would, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This, this is this is a game you have to win. And in addition to that, because first of all, you have to deal with this this adverse. It's a must-win game. Like, it's a must-win game. You don't want to go into the NC State game because NC State's the best team left on the schedule. You don't want to go into the NC State game, even though it's at home, having to win the last two. Even though... Tech has owned the series against UVA and Charlottesville. Tech is a much better team than UVA. Uh, 
that's shown itself. All that progress we thought UVA may have been making over the last couple of weeks. They got the doors blown off them on Saturday against Georgia Tech at home. By the way, at Scott Stadium. Um, it's basically like playing a scrimmage crowd anyway. There's nobody there. <laughs> there. There it is. Uh, <laughs> but a loss, in my opinion, a loss to Boston College would say a lot more about Virginia Tech than it would about Boston College. I guess is what is what yes, I'm getting at. I would I, agree with you. On I that. don't. I don't think. None of it. None of us do. You guys might have a little bit higher opinion of Boston College than I do. I don't think Boston College is very good. I think they're kind of fraudulent. But. Regardless, they did beat Syracuse by three. They, <laughs> they force. I'm going to die tonight on this podcast. They, Andrew, Andrew, Mike's having he, the stroke now. Andrew, Andrew, before he makes these comments, he's got the big ass smile on his face. He knows it's going to get me going. This drives me insane. So, unfortunately, so I have. I, you guys are aware I have a I have a young child, right? I, I have a 16 month old kid. So on Friday nights, I stay home with my family. That's what I do. On Friday night, I had the pleasure or displeasure of watching Syracuse play Boston College. That's what I did on Friday night. Syracuse played their backup quarterback. Garrett Traders hurt because Virginia Tech knocked him out of the game. Like they he, they basically injured him. Syracuse played their backup quarterback, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who completed nine passes. He also threw four to the other team. <laughs> Boston College ran almost double the amount of plays that Syracuse did. They had, they, they were plus two in the turnover margin. Syracuse gave them the ball four times, and Boston College somehow only won this game by seven. <laughs> I wanted to stick a fork in my eye watching Boston College's offense in this football game. That is, did you guys watch Boston College Syracuse Friday night? I, I watched. Like, I watched some of it. Unfortunately, and, 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 I'm sorry to hear that. And, that is why those, I think Virginia Tech can go win this game on the road because I watch Boston College oh, on Friday might, night against yeah, the same Syracuse. I think they can Syracuse. absolutely. Good God, I think they can. I don't yeah. think that team's. I just don't think they're. I don't think they're good. Now, again, it doesn't really matter. We'll talk about it on the preview. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Virginia Tech's gone to. Ch- By the way, Virginia Tech. You know, we talk about the horror stories going up Chestnut Hill. Virginia Tech has gone up there. They've had a hard time. It has zero bearing on this game. What Virginia Tech's done in the past in Chestnut Hill, zero bearing. It's a fan. It's a fun thing for fans to talk what about. What does it's have awesome. bearing is that thirty people will be in attendance. You got to get yourself up for it. Yes, you got to get yourself up you for gotta, it. Got to be And that is on Pry and his staff, and something that they have not been able to do yet. So, in terms of like road woes, like we want to talk about one and nine is a problem on the road. Like obviously it's a problem. It's not good. You want it to be better. We can talk about like how serious of a problem it is. But regardless, like Pry needs to get them up on the road like they got to be ready to play shouldn't be hard you're, you're fighting for your you're fighting for a bowl game <laughs> you got to be ready to go it would be a very ideal time for your first road win in the power five it'd be good yes yes which has would. not happened yet like i don't have a child as you know <laughs> That you're aware of, anyway. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do have a handful of POS friends. We've gone completely off the rails, boys. <laughs> and me and Jimmy Cleveland, friend of the podcast, watched Syracuse versus Boston College. And I cannot say. But I have been more bored during a football game 
<laughs> than I was watching that. Thankfully, my friend Jimmy Cleveland has three televisions, and there were two early November NBA games playing for me to be bored somewhere else. But the reality that I think me and Ricky are alluding to, and the important part, right, is that Boston College has something resembling a quarterback. Mike, can you agree with that? He does his best. I'm just kidding. He's better. He, I'm just kidding. He is so much better than Emmett Moorhead. He's so much better than yes, Emmett Moorhead. Yes, he is. Way better than Emmett Lesshead. All right. Would you rather go against him or Phil Dracovic in the Eagles jersey? I'd rather go against Phil Dracovic. Yeah. yeah. Go against well, that's like one of Brett Price's four power five wins. I'm so. not sure Dracovic is eligible for quarterback anymore. I heard he switched positions. Yeah. Yeah. No, and he, he was so be... sneaky about it that Narduzzi <laughs> didn't even know it. You know? like, no, he didn't. He, he wasn't. Was he Was he running routes with the tight ends this week? Practice? <laughs> Noah Hiles asked. Narduzzi goes, this I is... can't remember. <laughs> let me. What? Let me make a personal. <laughs> Memphis to Robert Kraft. Fire Bill Belichick if you want to, or else he's going to draft Bill Vichikovic. Oh, God. That's it. Oh, God. <laughs> That's it. And oh. don't worry, Mike McDaniel has been covering the ACC for years. He can give you the insight there. I'm going to have to talk myself into – Phil Dracovic being good with the Patriots is what I'm going to have to do. And that's not an endeavor that I want to take you all on with me. That's what I'll say. It's not a journey. I'm not going to make us go on together. He's not a speed guy. He's not a hands guy. He's not a height guy. God. <laughs> Either way. I just saying the hookies are underdogs going into Boston College. For a reason, probably being that they lost by 30 points last week. And had they not, going to be an easy, they be an easy team or, to bet on. Had they played the spread, they'd be favorites. And that's my entire point. That's my entire point. Your entire I know point. Ricky LeBlue is right there with me. Yeah. That, that was one of the least inspired running performances on a football field by a Virginia Tech team that I have ever seen the game was over in the first quarter they get outclassed yeah and yes they can beat UVA yes they can still beat Boston College yes they still beat NC State at home but I lied to myself on the golf course on Saturday morning <laughs> we were was I problem. was talking with a non-Virginia Tech alumni who was my playing partner that day you gotta have lower expectations Andrew Okay, so uh, kind of on well, a related I, note. I am such an optimist. But I... <laughs> <laughs> on a related note, boys, the next time I utter ACC championship in, in regards to Virginia Tech. That's another I, thing. I want you to both smack the shit out of That's me. That's another thing. Listen, the only reason why Virginia Tech was in this position to begin with is because of what was happening around them in the ACC. We all know that Virginia Tech was not the second or third best team in the conference this year. They've been probably yeah, but, middle, but they middle were of the right pack. there. That was the whole point. Yeah, they they were All right there. All it took was an Good upset win over Louisville. Right. Again, again, I picked them to lose by two scores for a reason. I'm surprised they lost by 31. Virginia Tech did everything that they possibly could to make sure they lost by 31. F- 
fully acknowledge that. My whole point, and it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't totally disagree. Like I know where you guys are coming from. It's that I don't think that the final three teams on the schedule have the capability of exposing Virginia Tech in the way that Louisville just did. And I know you guys are saying, well, we no, just saw it in September, don't. but I just don't think they do. And that's why I'm like not really feeling any like really feeling any worse about can Virginia Tech make a bowl game? Because I thought Virginia Tech was going to lose this game. It sucks. They lost by 31. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just. Not taking that as seriously as I should, like that's a possibility joked up on cold nets. OK, well, I, I have taken a lot of Sudafed this weekend. I will say that. <laughs> well, here, here's I think I can I drive said. a car still. I just want to say that Mike's going to come under under arrest from the D.A. for too much everyone on this podcast. I saw your podcast. This podcast knows me, Mike and Ricky are not rah rah fans. We have spent plenty of time over the course of the last five years criticizing this team, this program, what have you. I got a little optimistic going into this week. And what that last game felt like is someone tying rocks <laughs> to my ankles and letting me know that you're not out of the water just yet. And and maybe that's fine. And maybe that's fine. And maybe I think it's in my needed. Heart of hearts, was being a little bit over-optimistic because it was nice winning three ACC games by double digits. You cannot erase the fact that, that happened. Yeah. More importantly, but it's... The it, good folks over in Las Vegas saw the three double-digit wins. They saw the loss at Louisville. And what their conclusion is, is that Virginia Tech is a... What'd you say, Mike? Four point underdog? It's two now. Two, two and a half. Two and a oh, half, I believe. Me. Yeah, depending on nonetheless. Underdog at Boston College, who all three of us figured was an auto win going into the season. I'm trying and to find this two wins to make a bowl game. We can all probably agree. That UVA is a win unless they blow it. That would be a blow it loss. And I hope it does not get to that point, but it would be a very entertaining podcast if they did. NC State is a toss up game. I sat on my couch last night and watched them beat Miami. It's a good matchup. I a lot less confident. It's a good matchup for Virginia Tech. No, it, it should be an even matchup. I don't think yeah. NC State is a world beater. No, I think Louisville, they can't protect their quarterback either. All right, Mike, you're an ACC guy more mm -hmm. than anyone else I know. Does Louisville have a chance against Florida State? Yes. I agree. They do. You should come visit me. We'll go to the game together. Okay. Sell that to my wife. I'll be there. Rick, <laughs> Rick, see you, the... Rick, see you in Charlotte. All right. Right? Ricky, you might be an easier sell. Ricky, I got you a spot on my couch. Mike can sleep on the floor. <laughs> Either way, we all know what we're talking about. I have uh, I have been fortunate enough to sleep on the couch owned by Andrew Alex before. Uh, so we can <laughs> we can recreate that in Charlotte. 
the the one thing I'll say, I think to kind of finish my my take on this game, I, I I sent a tweet about Jawar Jordan early on when he was making plays, and I called him a game changer. And then we saw Louisville's uh, uh, backup, which I don't even remember his damn name, Isaac Arendo. Yeah. Um, and then we saw anyone else on ran, the roster. Yeah, just ran complete rough shot of Virginia Tech. And then I sent out the tweet: Everybody is a star when you can't fill a gap and tackle. And I am worried we may see that tweet in full force this Saturday. That would suck. Yes, that would suck. That would suck. Uh, Boston College preview coming up later in the week, but yeah, that yeah, we'll we'll go into full detail rather than me just screaming. How much money do you think we'd have to pay? Jeff Halfley to start Emmett Moorhead in this game. Oh, I thought you were going to ask how much to get in. I was going to say like seven bucks. <laughs> how much do you think? Hell, Jeff they might Halfley give it to you for free if you buy a beer. Attend the game. I mean, we have a vivid we have we have a vivid seats uh, promo code we could use. I bet we can get tickets. Well, that's for two hundred dollars or more, which I know for damn sure we'd have to we'd have to be buying we'd we'd have have to to tickets, tickets for we'd everybody. Have to get a whole cadre to go. Yeah, we'd have to do a. Uh, We'd have to do the whole like Sons of Saturday, everybody go to the Rutgers game bit. That'll work. I mean, $7 tickets probably in Chestnut Hill. Uh, yeah, and I feel like that, that I feel like the get in price is only going to go down as we I, get closer to the And game. I totally, I totally made up the $7 to get in, but like we could research this very quick. I can tell you what, how much it is to get in. I, can... I would say that's probably accurate. Okay. Uh, give me one second. I can figure this out. Uh, the one other, the one other thing I wanted to say, because we're gonna, um, we're gonna obviously go into full detail about BC, but as it stands today, what's everybody? Oh, fifteen bucks, fifteen bucks to get in. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you guys, can you guys swing that? Fifteen bucks on vivid seats, by the way. So, uh, as Use we sit, code Beaver Ball, whatever the fuck. As we sit here, as we sit here today. Does Virginia Tech make a bowl game? Yes or no? If you go first. Oh, man. Uh, so Virginia Tech's four and five. Obviously, the best record they could finish with would be. They're not They're not going on. Would be seven and five. I think to finish the year. I, I, I don't think that that's happening. They're. They're they're much too inconsistent as a football team to do that. I understand the schedule's bad, um, and that each of these three teams struggle to score, which is certainly helpful. I'm gonna go no. Gonna go no. I I don't know, man. One and two. One and two. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think they get one more win to finish the year, and I mean that puts them right at five and seven, which I think all three of us predicted before the year started. Did if if they're going to beat Boston College on the road this weekend, I think they're probably going to lose to NC State. If they lose to BC, I could see them beating NC State at home. Um, if they lose both those games, I could see them beat UVA. I, I something tells me they're just not going to win two of these games. Um, I really hope I'm wrong because I think a six wins, considering where we started in September, would be just a, a an awesome achievement. And 
while it's not reason to pop the champagne, it's certainly reason to. I'll be popping feel... the champagne in in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Toasting cherry bowl. There it is. There um, it is. But after after Saturday, I I can't in good conscience pick this team to go two and one down the stretch. Andrew. I mean, I still feel moderately good about it. I don't know. After all he this, definitely would pull from my. After all this, for for thirty five minutes, I just love it. I to be a thirty one point loss. You're going to say that they're going to a bowl game, and Ricky's going to say they're not. <laughs> after all that, I don't know. Like, at least be a, be a, at least be a politician about it. Go down with the ship, Andrew. Jesus Christ. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should go down with the ship. I don't know. I have a hotel room in Annapolis, Maryland. I owe, you, I owe you the Venmo still, by the way. You know? Yeah, exactly. You owe me money. <laughs> but oh maybe, I, 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 I don't know. Is maybe an answer? No, it's not. So yeah, they're going to make a bowl game. They're going to beat one of Boston College. Or NCT. Yeah. And it'll be UVA. Yeah. It's extremely more stressful than it used to be. The question I asked to the public, which I got a lot of grief for, and the question I asked you guys, well, do you feel better about their chances? And the answer is no, you have to feel worse. And if you to feel if you somehow feel better after watching them score I can, three points, I, I, can, I don't I think anybody you, felt better. I can I can tell you. <laughs> I, I hope this was not lost in in my rant. I I want to make this clear. I do not feel better. <laughs> I I just want to just want to get that out there in case that was lost in translation. No, I don't feel Mike, better about it. Watch that game, Mike. Watch that game. He left his living room. He went to his wife, and he said, "Careful, we got it." I saw what I need to see. <laughs> but no, in reality, it, it's complex and there's a whole lot of moving parts, which is just me using like business terminology to let me think about my point. But no, I I I, I don't feel great, but I do think there'll be UVA. And I think that what we saw out of this team against Pittsburgh and Wake Forest and the rest allows me to have a fake confidence that they'll beat Boston College or NC State, beat UVA, and roll 6-6, six and six, the record they got Justin Wittay fired, into a ball game. And then I will enjoy more than anything else in the world the opportunity to hang out with Mike McDaniel and Ricky LeBlue in Annapolis at the Military Bowl. We're not dead yet. That being said, this game represents an inflection point in the season. And, I mean, you're listening to a Virginia Tech podcast right now, right? Like, you, the listener, you care a lot. Probably more than your mental health should allow. This is I the mean, most I've, I've almost had I've almost had three different strokes on this podcast tonight, yeah. and it's not just because I'm under the weather. Well, I've had like seven, so it's all good. <laughs> this is the most important game of the season. Do you agree? Well, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, the next game is always the most. The next game, game is always the most important. That's right. <laughs> one exactly, we're, we're just going trying to go one and zero. But I magnitude to it. <laughs> real working man's lunch pail <laughs> mentality. That's what that was. I look. I'm I, I'm really on the fence about this bowl game thing. Like they're they are good enough to go three and zero. I don't think they will. Yeah. So it and I I don't think they're bad enough. They're also to go good enough to go zero and three. I don't think they're bad enough to go zero and three. I don't. No. So it's either they're going to win one of these or they're going to win two of these. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man. I, I the way that they're playing, none of these games are concrete wins, and that includes the last game against UVA on the road. Andrew, this is your fault. <laughs> look what look what you did to Ricky. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ricky, Ricky was talking. Ricky, I was optimistic last week, Ricky and, was I, talking and I got bowl punched game. in the face for it. So he was talking bowl game, and now look at him. <laughs> Ricky was talking Chick Fil A bowl, Atlanta, <laughs> the world of Coke, Aquarium. Dude, I was I was looking at that uh, that Duke's Mayo Bowl projection against Missouri, and I got excited. Oh, I would have liked that. I promise you that. I would have laid him with Missouri. That's what I would have done. Regardless, Missouri minus any, 18. Any bowl game in Charlotte, I'm here for. Me too. Not to mention the people that run that Twitter account are awesome. They are. Shout out Duke's Mayo Bowl. This Shout will, out whatever 23-year-old is running that shit. This will come as no surprise to anybody who's listened to the first 58 minutes of this podcast tonight, but I do expect Virginia Tech to go 6-6 six and six and make a bowl game. I said it before the Louisville game. I am sticking with it. All right. Two and one down the stretch. Well, I'll tell you this. Better be against BC. Better be BC. I'm talking a lot of shit about Boston College. They better go up to Chestnut Hill and take care of business. Because that, that, again, it'll say more about Virginia Tech than Boston College. I'm going to talk, by the way, on this preview, I'm going to lay out the reasons why I think Boston College is bad. And there are plenty of them. So if Virginia Tech loses this game, I want to make this clear. If Virginia Tech loses to Boston College, I will not be coming on the, the recap podcast and talking about how Boston College is a good team. I'm going to maintain that they're bad. Like, this this will be a Virginia Tech problem if they lose to this second, Boston College team. For a second, I thought you were just going to say, I will not be coming on this recap. Oh, that's, that's it. No, no, I don't. I do not Mike shy away from be ducking everybody. No, 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 no. My take will remain the same. Boston College could beat Virginia Tech, and I will still think that Boston College is not good. But I will also think at that point that Virginia Tech is also not good. So, I just want to point out how excruciatingly painful it is to not know in the first week of November how good Virginia Tech is. Like I, I have no, I have no idea how good this team is. Welcome to the ACC, buddy. There are several teams <laughs> like that. It is, it is freaking November. Like the entire conference, and I am minus... clueless. Apparently Louisville, who has beaten two teams who thought they had a shot at the ACC championship by a score of 70-something to zero or 70-something to three when you count Duke and Virginia Tech. Yeah. I don't know. Here's what I'll tell you. We have a full Boston College preview coming. And for our listeners... More than anything else, we appreciate you. Yeah, we yeah. appreciate you for listening. Sorry, sorry about the stroke I had. Well, no, I'm not <laughs> totally sorry for it, but 
Hope you hope you continued I'm, listening. I'm not totally sorry. It's a fact of life. I think we had enough laughs in this podcast, boys, where folks will really enjoy the back and forth, regardless if it took years off Mike and Andrew's lives. Correct. Correct. I'm already dead. <laughs> Correct. Ricky had to play mediator tonight, which is which insane. Is shocking. Insane. <laughs> It's it's if, if you if you had that on your bingo card coming into the podcast, you my friend are a lucky lucky man. I thought this was going to be a, a boring, level headed discussion about how bad Virginia Tech played. I'm glad we upped the ante a little bit early on. We were like five minutes in. Andrew's like, you know what? Let's go. You know. All right. Well, you know things I like, things I hate. Right. Things I like. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. There is a bar in Charlotte, North Carolina called Graham Street Pub and Patio. That's its Christian name. It is the Virginia Tech Bar. Hosted by the Alumni Association every week, supposedly. That is where you go to watch the games. I have an affinity towards it. I follow the crowd. I'll tell you, last year against Duke, my ass was the only Virginia Tech fan in that bar. This week against Louisville, suddenly you felt like things started to mean something again. And I spoke about my round of golf, came in a little late, couldn't get a seat. Upstairs, downstairs, outside patio, the place was packed. And that makes me happy. Because for a moment, though Virginia Tech clearly showed that they are not ready for the main stage yet, I saw that fan base, as I've seen them all year at Lane Stadium, feel like they were ready for something. Now, what that crowd looks like next week at Boston College. I was going to say, that was going to be my follow-up question. What do you think it's going to look like for the BC game? Well, it's a noon game. We're talking about a bar. So, a lot of people in this town have (laughs) self-respect. Not too many. Not myself included. (laughs) I was going to say a lot of people. Not all of them, though. So, last thing thing I want to say, who's having a worse season? Virginia Tech or Kamid Williams? When you sent me that text last night, <laughs> dropping, dropping in Caleb Williams and calling him mid, man, he was crying with his family after the game. Man, I hope everything works out for him. Is all I'll say. Uh, it's gonna be now once he gets incredibly sad for NFL him to make millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be incredibly unfortunate that he has to go through that. I'm sorry to hear that. He has to <laughs> go be a top two quarterback at worst selected and make millions of dollars next year. That's that must really suck. It's unfortunate. Oh, uh, the one thing I want to mention before we get out of here is we had discussed this over text. So Virginia Tech's men's basketball team uh, plays tomorrow night against Coppin state T- tomorrow night being Monday night. You're probably going to this on Monday. I think we're all <laughs> thinking Virginia Tech will win that game. So we are going to do a full basketball season preview this week in addition to our 
uh, Boston College preview. So it's going to be a three episodes this week, three podcast week to bring the listeners what they need after two kind of we, we got all the podcasts recorded, but it was two interesting weeks in terms of recording times, Andrew traveling, Ricky and I not being able to sync schedules, a uh, lot of different stuff happening the last couple of weeks. But we're going to bring you three podcasts this week. So you got this this recap out of the way. If you're still listening, God bless you. We have a men's basketball season preview coming. Tech's got a pretty big game later in the week against South Carolina. So that'll be a decent early test. And then we're going to talk about Boston College on the football side, of course, later this week. (laughs) So stay tuned for all that. Guys, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here? I'm just thinking about uh, maybe it was three or four years ago. And first of all, it makes me appreciative uh how far we've come as a podcast and how long we've all been hanging out together i know mike i've known you for about six years now ricky five i remember mike was able to make it and there was one podcast of me and ricky just talking about <laughs> I, i'm sorry i can't contain myself how good cartier jada was gonna be and what kind of difference he would make god damn it <laughs> and he ended up making the tournament anyway <laughs> totally fine it is what it is it is kind of nice that we have a a actually relevant basketball game early in the season it is nice like usually we're just like under buzz i got so used to like the first three weeks essentially not mattering at all you have such a lack of respect for the university of maryland eastern shore that (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i don't respect campbell that just got spanked by 52 on the football field on saturday (laughs) actually i just heard this earlier tonight our very close friend and compadre, Dr. Jeremy Counts, that Campbell money line is North Carolina in football. <laughs> what? And uh, today I say, where do you get that line? Keep fighting the good fight, brother. <laughs> what? What an absolute degenerate! No, I mean, and even and this is coming Ricky, from me. This is coming from me. Ricky, He'd be paying your salary. <laughs> this is listen. Oh listen, I, I, you guys know I place a wager or two. This is coming from me. That's some. That is some sick you shit. Bet. <laughs> that's some. That, that's some sick shit from Jeremy. Man, we love you, Chaos J. But yes, yeah. Last thing, last thing, boys. Two weeks. It's the Mike Young Bowl, Virginia Tech Wofford. In hoops, yeah, man. I oh, mean, not, not not in football, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm. I don't want to we see did that last year. We almost lost. T- I was gonna say we did that last year and almost lost at home. Yeah, let's well, not do that. Almost pulled a firm. Mike Young Bowl, November nineteen, five p.m. Castle Coliseum. Uh, Tex women's team plays Iowa on Friday. That seems significant. There. I will uh, Thursday. I'll be there. Yeah, Thursday. Okay, I sorry. feel like it is significant, but it also isn't. It's so early. Because by the end of the regular season, the teams are going to be drastically different. Yeah, it's so early. And yeah, so like this is kind of a good idea for them to figure out where they're at right now. Yep. But if they go out there and lose by 15 or they go out there and win by 15, I think it just shows that like, yeah, they're still pretty good, but there's going to be a lot, a lot of left, a lot of work left. Yeah, Tex women's team. They tip off Monday evening as well uh, before the men's team plays. They play high point and. That's going to be 
Dub um, City. Yeah, that, no that's a nicer way of saying what I was going to say. Because Rooks, he, he is a Rick Stock still there it is. of women's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm super excited to go. What I will say is that the upper deck is open for the women. I think it might be closed for the men when Tech tips out against South Carolina mm. a few days later. Hmm. We're we've hit like two of the bits, two or three bits in this podcast. We fit on Rick Stock still. I think we I think the Cartier Jara one That's was two. a bit. The Annapolis Bowl another bit. Yeah. And we're on a roll tonight. We are. And I almost died doing it. <laughs> so quit while we're ahead. Let's quit while we're ahead. A- Andrew is not quite as red as he was earlier, so we're good. Uh, All the boys on Twitter, Mike yes. McDaniel SI, Andrew Alex Radio, at Ricky the Blue. A column for me will be coming out this week. Uh, this podcast will be published this evening, Sunday evening. Let's just call it Monday morning because Mike's going to die after this. Regardless, I went out doing what I loved. <laughs> Go Hokies. Go <laughs> Hokies.